3: this is the besotted pride of west london podcast and we're coming to you on the eve of eurovision oh you weren't expected to hear that one actually were you eurovision and Besotted podcasts and football and all that nonsense mentioned all in the intro to the next podcast when we're playing a team called west ham and the reason why is that me and laney have been completely and utterly brainwashed we spent a weekend in liverpool and all we got all weekend was eurovision eurovision this eurovision that everyone's gone absolutely potty up in liverpool about eurovision so we're not going to uh, ram it down your throats but it'd be unkind not to mention it at least once or twice well there's billy grant and like i said to you we're coming into the tail end of the season we got a game not on saturday but on sunday so you could work out how many times i'm going to say that we're playing on saturday during the podcast because i'm so used to tuning in on that but we're playing west ham on a saturday and we've got lots of bits to talk about on this pod actually we're going to look back to the liverpool weekend and the liverpool match we've also got jb with some marvelous facts and fun so we've got andy andy payne the west ham fan he's going to give us a lowdown on west ham but at the moment now i'm sitting with my little chum my little
4: roommate uh who i spent the weekend with lady in the house lady how are you I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably not quite as Eurovision crazy as you, but um, I, I agree. We, we were we, we were really brainwashed. Everywhere you looked, there was there was flags and events, and it, it was a good weekend to be up there. To be honest, it was like if- really. Lively everywhere you
3: go people want to know apparently yes yes
4: Apparently, we saw the best of the city as well it was it was a it was it was a really sunny sunday and we we had a we had a really good day up there and um yeah, yeah. and we saw, we saw the mighty bees at Anfield, which um which was um we'll talk about that obviously We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the football. We'll also talk about our weekend in Liverpool in a little bit. But I'm
3: just saying, it's a bit of a rare one this one Saturday, um, on Saturday, Lady, because, you know, as I said, I've got to tune my brain into saying actually we're playing on Sunday because we're not actually playing a game on Saturday, which means that we've got a free weekend uh, and all of a sudden I know with a lot of Beast fans you know when you get a free weekend all of a sudden they start sort of kind of getting real nervous they start getting the shakes because they're thinking oh my god what do we have to do like you know there's a lot of B&Q action going on on, on on a Saturday because as characters get ordered down to B&Q to do the DIY that they were meant to have done about seven months ago like you know so I, I think there's a lot of that going on I mean I'm not, not sure you know, I'll ask you what you I mean for me on, on Saturday what am I up to I'm, I'm actually down going down to Middlesex of 8 Rectory Park because one of our teams Darren as you know, the Beast Van Der and his team, the under-13s, are actually in the Capital League. Cup Final on Saturday so they've got to do the Capital League Cup Final against Haringey who are a very good side it has to be said so uh, celebration to them and they're going to be very very happy that they're down there playing the game of the Cup Final so I'm going to probably have a little mosey on down there about 10 o'clock in the morning to have a look to see how the girls are getting on in that Cup Final then after that the world is my oyster I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to be down at B&Q or if I'm going to have a bit of a late lunch or just shoot into town I'm not quite sure
4: as yet, how about yourself lady, uh, have you got any plans for Saturday? Uh, no B and Q action for me, thankfully. Um, although I went to IKEA um, when after, oh. dro- after dropping you off um, on controversial, on, on, yeah. Um, after dropping you off on the way back from Liverpool, I th- went past uh, to get a few bits and bobs. So yeah, no need for B and Q for me. Um, it's yeah, it's a free Saturday. It's really quite good. Normally I'd go to um, probably Hampton and Richmond or Chertsey uh, Town, but. Can't do that. No, nope, season's finished, so no, there's no non-league action. Um, so probably um, I'm gonna go for a massive walk, and then I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna watch the playoffs. Uh, ah, it's the, ah, it's, the yeah, playoffs. Playoffs, and also there's that there are some um, there's some big Premier League games involving relegation-threatened um, Yorkshire teams that I'll probably mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably look at before I go go for walkies. Oh, relegation threatened Yorkshire
3: teams. Uh, and, and it's interesting when you're talking about that, um, you know, those matches. Because last weekend, uh, and we, we're trying not to talk about Liverpool in this section, but we're finding it very hard not to. We, uh, we had a bit of a rem- I mean, OK, listen, let's just start off. I mean, the, the weekend started with a nightmare. We, Lainey, I was going to meet Lady at our little meeting point at the M25 M1 junction and uh, got into my car at 10 to 7. And I couldn't get the lock Like the lock off my car like the one that lock that you do that people don't steal the car and it was the lock was so good it didn't actually allow me to steal my own car and I couldn't get the lock off and I tried for two hours to get the lock off and I had a complete nightmare and Laney had to come and rescue me um, because they were setting up the street for the street party outside and you know you couldn't even get down the street because the street was all locked off but Laney came down rescued me and we ended up having to go up to Liverpool in the Laney um, which was uh, you found that quite,
4: quite hilarious didn't you Laney yeah, yeah, you get locked out of your own car. I've not <laughs> not seen anything like that since the 80s. I don't think. But uh, but then you could easily break in, or you could all you needed was a coat hanger or a bit of kind of like a cord, and you could. Get, oh, how many times did I break into my beetle back in the 80s? I, I forget. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, these these new these new electric cars, they're not having any of it. Are they? <laughs> you know? uh, no, it was it was, an, it was a complete nightmare. I was, I was absolutely, I didn't know what to do. I thought, well, I'm going to
3: miss the first beers in Liverpool, but luckily we still got up there for the best first beers in Liverpool but just coming back to the and we'll talk about Liverpool in a bit but, but we did have a little reminiscent because when we're talking about these games at the weekend as you're going to be watching we were actually sitting in Liverpool and uh, all of a sudden you know the, the the memory started flooding back because they had all the division one games and for me I mean i keep on talking about the jeopardy we're missing a bit of the jeopardy that you have in the first division the championship seasons where you know teams are going to go up and you had that amazing scenario with you know, the, the division one teams we were sitting there in the sun um by albert dock while the division one
4: teams are playing and you're sort of seeing who's going to be in and out of the playoffs actually and it was quite amazing wasn't it yeah yeah it really was um you know saw some northampton fans around the dock, and they were playing tram there Um, you know, the the, following day, that wasn't it? The following day, yeah. But the big action was all the following day, really, wasn't it? You know, that that was, that was when the championship sort of brouhaha's and the Millwalls taking the lead and throwing it away against Blackburn and all those permutations. It was, it was quite an incredible kind of, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was great to watch. I mean, the, the, they, sky always hype up the transfer deadline day and the, and the final day but you can't deny it, it was there was proper proper jeopardy and, and proper drama that was going on up and down the country and I was, I was I was just really happy not to be part of it to be honest with you <laughs> yeah. you know I I I don't know what you mean about missing missing kind of like crunch all important games but we've had enough and I don't and you know for for the <laughs> to, for the time being at least I'm just going to kind of wallow in the kind of nice kind of safety zone of, you know, pushing for a European place, which still is is, is a possibility. And, and and you I mean you're I mean obviously I'm obviously a victor you know I, I just love the punishment
3: you know what I'm saying and uh and for me I'm sort of sitting there and I'm thinking like you know you got the Millwall um you know Millwall fans who are excited because they've been in and around the playoffs pretty much all season uh, their final game of the season against Blackburn Rovers who were very very unlikely to make the playoffs unless they got a marvellous result and everybody else's results didn't go to plan you had uh my mate up in Liverpool who left from Liverpool to go up to Middlesbrough because he's a Coventry fan and he had to go up there and they they had to secure a point against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough was safe, like you know, what I'm saying. You know, you had, you know, you had quite, quite a few sort of kind of different scenarios that were happening as well. You had, you know, you had Sunderland who looked like they weren't going to get into the playoffs at some stage because you know they would have been p- pipped to the punch by Millwall, and so they were sitting down there very, very sad. And it was just a mad day, you know, because one minute you had Millwall who were what's it? They were two nil up at one stage, I think it was, you know, and I think they were, you know, they were two nil up, and then they went uh, two one up um and at half time three uh, one up at half time actually yeah it went yeah, to and then afterwards they they conspired to come back and lose that game four three and they were like they were in they were in the playoffs they were absolutely firmly within the playoffs at three one up at half time the the game was theirs and to sort of miraculously let in three goals in that second half and lose four three to Blackburn who didn't quite do enough to get to the playoffs anyway, so they you know, we we use that argument, you might as they might as well have lost the game, you know what I'm saying? Um I was just thinking at 3-1 up I was thinking oh to be I remember being in those Millwall fans shoes how brilliant it's going to be you're 3-1 up at half time, you know you're in the playoffs this is such a masterless moment for you I've got loads of Millwall mates I know how excited they were getting and then I was getting the whatsapps in the second half about them from them and how disjected that they were feeling and I was thinking actually maybe I don't really want to feel like they do and you had the Coventry fans who went up in their droves up to Middlesbrough and apparently the Coventry fans their their support has been pretty 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 spot on this this season as well and going up there and you know getting the result that they got I think they went you know they went one uh, I think they went one nil they went Yeah, they went one nil up actually and then Borough came back but to get the result but it's kind of just missing that kind of like you know that that jeopardy and you know Sunderland sneaking in at the last minute because Millwall didn't do and all of a sudden you've got you know a scenario where you've got you know possibly Sunderland versus Middlesbrough um, final on the cards which means that you you possibly might well could get a North East team to come into the Premier League this
4: season which I never thought you know is going to happen it was it was it was amazing yeah it's brutal wasn't it and um you know i, I can't mm-hmm. believe that was two years ago that we were we were part of that you know it was the the, the, the two games against um bournemouth and then obviously the you know the, the swansea the swansea final it was it, it seems it seems a different world away to be honest with you um I, as i said i'm glad not to be part of that but it, it's, it's going to be an interesting watch you know Wembley for the finals gonna have recently packed and um, you know it's a good chance there's a good chance of like you know Sunderland or middlesbrough coming back up um, um, they they're, they're probably going to be the favorites I've, I would have thought looking at the form going into the into the sort of final weekends um, and you know hopefully Marcus Force can uh, Play a play a part in that for Borough, but uh, yeah, it was um, you know, it, it was it was a it was a, a, a weekend where lots of memories do come back, and you know, the, the, when the season itself is almost over. I mean, I, I remember driving up up and down the M40 on your coaches, going up to Huddersfield, and you 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 go through the countryside, and the and the fields are all yellow with the rapeseed oil, um, you know, flowers out, and the weather's great, and you know, you can stand outside the pub and have a beer. And, you know, it, you know, summer's coming, you know, it's the end of seasons coming and, you know, where the big drama happens. So, um, yeah, yeah, lots of memories and, um, you know, lots of experience, Bill. You forget, you forget what we've been through over the years. That's
3: right. And like I said, the semifinals are coming up this weekend. And this is one, this is one to kind of get our head around. Uh, we have to remember that Brentford in 1999, OK, when Andy Scott was our manager, Okay, Andy Scott was our manager and we were relegated to the bottom tier, the fourth division. So that was like only just over, just over 10 years ago. We were at the bottom tier and it's the 1999 season. We were, a couple of seasons before that, um, we were almost, I'd say, relegated to the, to the conference because we were so bad. You know, under Terry Butcher and that crew, like, you know, we were so bad. But Andy Scott, to be fair, came and turned it around. We got promoted that season this and the, and the final game of the season the season we're basically we saying andy scott andy 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 scott continuously for about two hours if you remember that as well which you don't remember those days but do you remember the team that as we got promoted and we were seeing the team that we played that season who actually got relegated to the conference or to the national League? calling do you remember who it is no that day okay so that day on that final day of the season we actually saw Luton Town go down and they were relegated to, as it called, the Conference or the the, the, the the National League. And that was in 1999, as we started to make our way back up the table and move ourselves into the era we are now. Now, here we are, sort of 13 years later, Luton got themselves out of their National League, out of the Conference eventually to Division 2. And then they made themselves up to Division 1. And then they made themselves up to the championship. And now they are in prime spot. They finished third in the championship last season. And they're playing Sunderland. So they have actually got a big chance as well to get themselves the Premier League. So the irony is that we could see ourselves playing Luton Town next season. Also in that Luton Town Stadium, which if if any of you new listeners who haven't checked it out, just go and Google Luton Town Stadium houses. Just Google it and you'll see It's, 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 it's different level. I mean, Griffin Park was wicked and we loved it. But Luton Town. Is on a next level when it comes to stadiums, and if they do actually get promoted, they're gonna have have a bit of job making that stadium Premier League ready. But can you get your head around that fact that we might be playing Luton next season, Lainey?
4: Uh, well, it's a remarkable rise, isn't it? You know, um, I've got no got not a lot of love for Luton, um, as a town or Kenilworth Road as a stadium. Um, um, you you, you can't deny it's authentic and it's and it's it's, it's, um, but I I can't see them playing. You know they they, they saying that they'll adapt it and they'll you know they'll spend the summer getting it ready but I I think that's a ground share and, and Milton Keynes you know that, that's the obvious one for them to do while they get before they get to their new stadium you know it, it it's not it's not a it's not you know, you can't have eight thousand capacities in in the premise. You can't. Um, I'm not sure they'll allow it. Or, or the other one, they ground share at Watford, do you reckon?
3: No. Oh, oh, I'm, <laughs> sure I'm not sure about that, mate. I'm not sure
4: about that. I must admit, if
3: they go up from them ground sharing at uh, franchise FC, aka MK Dons, I wouldn't be having that because that the soulless bowl, as they call it. You know, what I'm saying, just 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 watching football there was bad enough when the franchise was playing and, and watching Luton playing there. And the, you know, I mean, you, you you wouldn't be you wouldn't be shy of getting tickets. You know, you'd be able to get about. You know, we'll have an allocation of that sort of seven. 15, 000, I think they wouldn't even because it's
4: such a such a big stadium for them to try and fill. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a soulless bowl, but I mean, you know, they they, they fill it. I mean, they they fill it for the for the prem games. I'm sure, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's, it's a sensible thing. So we'll see we'll see what happens. You know, you got they got to win at Wembley first, so uh, they've actually got to get through the semis first. So, get um, this. Yeah. One thing, one it... thing at a time. One thing at a time. What? One thing at a time, and, then you've got, and obviously they've got red and white stripes coming up
3: to Luton as well, which is going to be interesting. It's gonna be, I'll bet you tickets for that match uh, from Sunderland fans are going to be going for uh, a pretty penny as they are because that Luton away end is pretty small. And as you know, Sunderland have got a ridiculous, you know, support. I mean, they, you know, thirty thousand plus at home in in in, the, in Division One, you know, as they're getting. So they're going to be actually bringing quite a lot down. So I think uh, I think Luton might be quite invaded by uh, by by the northeast. Uh, in, I think it's this weekend while we're gonna be sitting down there watching the game in it lady
4: yes yes let's go back to the Northwest though bill I think it it's it's it was Liverpool really you know it's uh they're, they're all fighting for a, a chance to go to anfield next season which which we did for the last two so um yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the prize is huge and um it's it's an incredible um party to be in the Premier League I know you know it's, it's, it's got its faults. Um, and you know, but it's uh, you know we, we're we're flourishing there. So uh, yeah, come and join us. Come and join us over there. So listen, you come and join us over there. We're gonna go away. We're gonna have
3: a little 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 stiffy, a little drink, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk Liverpool so saturday big weekend long weekend in liverpool eurovision weekend i'll I keep mentioning i'm going to mention eurovision just because it literally was eurovision weekend in liverpool you literally got nothing else blanket covered eurovision um when we were out because we were i mean we spent i reckon i mean other than awake i think we probably spent about 20 minutes in our hotel room. And the rest of the time we actually spent out and about in Liverpool, in different parts of Liverpool. And like I said to you, we had, we had quite a lot of fun. right? You know what I'm saying? So but I'll tell you what i could do. We could talk about the fun in a little bit. But we had a game against Liverpool. And the honest truth is that we, we played all right. We tried to kind of hold them down, you know, try and, you know, just kind of keep it tight and see if we can nick something. And uh, they got a goal relatively early on in the game. And that was it. As far as it was concerned, it was game, set and match. The game wasn't particularly exciting. It wasn't particularly interesting, uh, but it was okay. I think we did ourselves proud. But what we did is because we had such a long weekend with so much activity going on, we're actually going to have to cast our mind back to Saturday and to hear what the fans had to say. Let's go back to the terraces and back to the pubs. Listen to hear what the Liverpool and the Brentford fans had to say directly after that game.
5: I think we gave as good as we got. They had a lucky break. We didn't. I think we played well. Well as a team. I think it could be a bit more clinical when finishing. Last week it paid off. We bought one on all the subs. And it paid off. All the attacking. Um, this week it didn't. A fair play to be. We,
4: we we didn't get overwhelmed. We we've lost one nil. I'm not I'm not looking for I'm not looking for a saying that's all right because it isn't all right. But. You know, we, we can walk away from here with our heads held high because we've we we've, we've got we really pushed a really a really excellent team every inch of the way. We've beat them at our place. And um, we didn't deserve to lose today, I don't think.
0: I think we played brilliant today. I think the confidence that we had today was much higher, than, especially last season. But even this season, some of the games we've played, but you don't always win those games no matter how good you play, and you get points in games that you don't play so good. I think we made Liverpool look very average, especially in that second half. Um, you can see where our players' minds were at as well. We had four strikers on towards the end of that game. That showed Frank really wants that victory there, or at least that equaliser. Um, and I think the boys did us really proud coming here today. The second half was superb, we were on them, we were quick. We moved the ball a bit better, it's just that first half, the first 15 minutes, Liverpool managed to get
4: a
1: grip on us and we just couldn't hold it for a bit. Hey, you win some, you lose some, but we move on to West Ham next week. We're just a victim of our own downfall, you know. Our, our passes were going astray, our free kicks were awful. Um, we lacked, again, we're looking lacking like a lot of energy, we're lacking energy. Um, yeah, just too many stray balls and people not breaking quick enough we're breaking we're getting on the wing but then there's no one in to cross the ball to and then when we do cross the crosses are going astray so it's a little bit of a little bit of our own downfall but no to come to
5: Anfield and lose 1-0 it's not it's not all bad I was disappointed I thought uh, Brentford should have got at least a draw Um, but in context we're leaving Anfield Um, having lost and I'm disappointed so that shows how far Brentford have come but yeah I'm disappointed I thought I thought Brentford played very well um Liverpool had a spell in the first half of around 10 minutes and I think apart from that Brentford were a better team yeah
4: I mean you you were unlucky I think not to maybe nick one maybe you know get a draw I mean I don't think it was ever maybe a likely win but uh, you know you played well up front it made it difficult for us and everything good support as well Good side, I like Brentford. Today, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, like, now, I thought we were going to get beat today. Because how good you are with Seth Peaches, you're a well fucking old team. I thought you were going to come there and beat us. But I thought we played very well today. I don't think you had many chances. I can't recall the chance that you had. We were very good, but I thought we played the game very well. Because you are a fucking brilliant team. And I get that to right now,
0: you are like, no, a very good team. Say if you don't know the score of that game, you watched all the highlights, you wouldn't say... We deserved to win. We didn't deserve to lose or draw, but we didn't deserve to win. On the whole, I thought the game was poor today, though, like, from both teams. There wasn't much passing
3: from both teams. I guess the ref as well didn't help the game. The ref was really poor today. Yeah, but overall, I guess you can't argue with a win, regardless of the scoreline. So, I'm happy with the win. I'm going to um, I'm gonna take the 3-2 aggregate victory. I'm going to take the fact that Liverpool, uh, Liverpool did okay, but, you know, they weren't... Home and try uh, at, at, at all, at all, at any time. time during the game. No way, no way, no. So we gave them, we gave them a good game. We played well. Jan-El, fair play to them as well. You know, big, big shoes to fill in in, in Norgard's boots in the centre midfield. He did really, really well. So no, I, I tip my hat to Brentford. They did well today, but unfortunately, it wasn't quite enough. There you go, Liverpool fans and Brentford fans. And if you listen, if you notice again, podcast goes straight up after the game, an hour after the game. Boom! That was up in the air. Pride of West London, as it was. And like I said, she bank holiday weekend, and Liverpool fans, they were obviously fairly happy because they felt they were back on track, and they feel that they could still possibly nick a Champions League place. As for Leeds, uh, Brentford fans, Leeds fans, sorry. Oh no, don't don't kill me for that. As for Brentford fans, I think for us it was a case of um, we we're proud that we went up there and went to Anfield and we kind of, uh, you know, managed to have them still kind of on their toes for the whole of the match, which is something I said that wouldn't have happened years ago. And like I said to you, a case of progression. I know some people weren't happy thinking that we were a little bit negative and if we had a little bit more positive tactics, we actually might have got something out of the game. But I think there's two arguments to that. And I think quite a few of us are saying, actually, to be honest with you, we tried to eat something out of it. We didn't create a lot. Um, Liverpool created a lot more, and at the end of the day, we didn't quite get the result. But it wasn't like going home crying, thinking we got smashed by Liverpool, was it, Lady?
4: No, not at all. And I thought it was a shrewd, savvy um, mind um, mindset and you know game plan. To be honest with you, you know, this not it didn't vary you know hugely differently from the game up at Old Trafford where we lost narrowly one nil. Um, didn't really very much from from Molyneux to be honest with you, where we where we lost two nil, and it didn't really vary much from Stamford Bridge, where we where we won two nil. Um, it's about it was about trying to keep it trying to keep it tight and um, hit 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 them on the break and taking chances when undoubtedly they they do come our way. Now didn't really get much that came our way up at at Liverpool. Um, We had the goal that was disallowed and, um, you know, it was offside and, you know, we celebrated as if we scored and VAR ruled that out. But, you know, a draw would have been um, an incredible achievement up there. And then it depends if you're glass glass half full, glass half empty, to be honest with you. You No, but it's undeniable that our tactics and Thomas Frank, the way he set the team up this year, week in, week out, almost apart from maybe three or four games. Which we know we we don't need to dwell on at the moment. But a, apart from four games this season, um, we we've approached and and um, kind of uh, um, executed the, the tactics pretty well. And you know the season's an incredible one. We've we've got some excellent scalps, uh, especially at home. You know we've beaten Man United and we've beaten Liverpool at home. Um, you know the tactics were spot on up at um, the Etihad when we beat Man City. You know so sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't and you know it was it was a real fine margins one this 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 week um, just gone so you know it's Mo Salah, you know uh, he, he found the clinical finish and you know another time it gets saved or gets cleared and it's, it's a nil nil draw um, and, and I, I've I came away without any complaints and the problem is you know you, you go onto social media and you kind of get a bit tainted by um, a lot of angry people when when we lose. And you know, I've got some information for you. We, we are going to lose in the Premier League. You know, it, it's it's it's, it's part of the course. Like every club, even the great ones in this league, they lose. You know, and you you have to you have to take it on the chin, and and you have to kind of just be a bit more reflective in in where we have played and what could have happened. You know um liverpool are capable of smashing you for seven as man united found out you you need to stop them playing you need to you need to stop the supplier um and and by and large we we did that you know it's um you know I, i think it was a quite a mature um performance by by brentford and um yeah i certainly um didn't come away feeling like anyone had let the side down so you know i thought I thought that was the vibe, to be honest, on the on the terraces as well. I didn't I didn't really feel there was any negativity um, until I got onto social media. But I'm not going to blow that out, out of all proportion. You know, it's only uh, you know a few people that kind of don't don't see the bigger picture sometimes, and um, everyone's entitled to their opinions anyway. Everyone is. So I mean, just this, let's just coming back to this this match
3: and and, and exactly what happened in the match, according to who scored like for Liverpool their strengths were creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces okay that was it okay and their weaknesses they were aggressive gave the ball away a lot of free kicks around the box okay uh, for us they said there were actually no significant strengths that we had within that game and we were poor at finishing um they had uh, a, lot, a lot they had a large amount of possession in our half as well they like long shots crossing the ball and also they like through balls for us we played with width we liked our long shots attacking down the left uh we liked crossing the ball and we also favored our long balls i mean that's looking at that match i mean from the xg as as well like i said to you we like the stat side of things because that's got us where we are Liverpool got one point nine one, so practically two, and ours was naught point two zero, which was basically we created very, very little uh, at all. We we created very much not my I mean, If you took in terms of chances, I think the biggest chance that we created was a, uh, I think it was a six percent chance, which I think was a Rico Henry chance, which basically means that six. Out of 100 recorded shots similar have actually gone into the back of the net okay so you know it's not even a one in 10 or a one in a one in five this is like a, a you know a one in uh six percenter okay uh, uh whereas liverpool they created about three or four um big opportunities uh w- within the 18 yard box including obviously the most salad goal which was a massive chance there for them as well but they created about three or four big chances and then they had other smaller opportunities as well so it's one of those ones where we we we, we tried to keep them out Um, it could have probably been worse for us you know according to that it could have, put, it could have been 2-0 at least if not a 3-0 um, we didn't create very much and if we were going to score a goal out of all the chances that we had it would have been one of the wonder goals which we all love but it wasn't uh it, it wasn't you know from, from, a, from an attacking perspective it wasn't great even though we came away feeling very proud of what we uh how we played uh, interestingly as well I'm going to ask you this question, Laney, because uh, it was something that was posted to me to by Darren, Darren the Bee's fan, who uh, we we'll left to call him sort of. Uh, we, should, we should call him sort of kind of Cartel Bee, actually. I we'll have to call him Cartel Bee because he, he's living out in Colombia at the moment Bog- now, as you do. Bog- and he, Bog- Bog- he, Bogota Bee is better.
4: Right? Bogota,
3: Bogota Bee. He's called him Bogota Bee, but you know, Cartel Bee sounds even sounds even better. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but Bogota Bee had actually flown back from Colombia for uh, for, the, for a couple of weeks. It was his birthday weekend up in Liverpool as well, so he'd flown back for. Uh, Bogota birthday um, up in in Liverpool and he'd come back and we were sitting down there in the sun outside the Albert Dock on the Sunday and we were just chatting about the game and we were chatting how how um are are actually thinking we're chatting looking towards the you know the, play, the the final game of the season again we're talking about all these other teams playing and how nervous their fans would be and the fact that their fans were getting up really early in the morning to travel on the sunday and the bank holiday monday to go up and see their teams play and how exciting that would have been and but you know he just posted the question he said to me tell you something do do you think you know how are you feeling about this season and i'm like yeah it's okay about the football he said do you think it's because of the style of football that we're playing maybe the excitement for us is not necessarily the same, or well, there's a different level of excitement. And I said, you know, what do you, what do you mean about that? And he said, well, you know, if you think about it, you know, we were playing a different style of football in the championship, we were, you know, creating more chances, you know, we had the you know, same players or similar players, but, you know, we were dominating games, we were we had more possession of the ball, you know, we've had, we were passing the ball around much more, and we were playing a different type of football, and we've had to adapt our style. In the premier league to to kind of survive and to make sure that we're effective with the players that we've got and has that kind of made your enjoyment of the actual game itself less and it's really interesting because i would never i actually never thought of it i never thought of it because all you think brentford are playing in the premier league and you think we're surviving we're upsetting these people but you didn't think of the style of football that we're playing and you know will we be you know will at one stage we'll go back to playing that style of football when we get more money and we can afford the players at this level, that could do it. And is that actually affecting certain things and and and, and your enjoyment of the Premier League? And and I thought it was a very good question. What, what's your thoughts, Laney?
4: I can see what I can see his point, um, but then you have to then realise, uh, you know, how how we've improved this season, and it's by have been being a bit more tactically um, aware and mature. I, um, I, I think we're 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 caught in that. In that sort of like um, twilight zone in the middle where we're obviously clearly too good to be involved in the relegation um, scrap this season. Um, And we're not quite good enough to be challenging or we're not consistent enough to be challenging for um, the top sort of five, four, five, six. We could, you know, I I can reel out probably seven results in, in my head where... You know, um, if we'd have held out or we we'd got what we deserved or we, we'd, you know, scored a chance that wasn't ruled out by VAR, we would have got probably enough points to be um, up, up past Tottenham. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Uh, but I, I just think Thomas Frank and the coaches and the DOFs have, have been a bit more pragmatic this year um, and especially away from home. At home, I think we've dictated play more. I think we've been on the front foot a lot more but away it's about you know we're a counter-attacking team away from home and we, we allow teams to come onto us and we hit them with devastating pace and with Ivan Tony um, with, it, with his finishing and you know there, there, there is no better example of that than the win at Man City that's when it all goes your way um, so I, yeah I, I can see why I can see Darren's point I can see that we're, we're not that toe-to-toe team that we, we we have been in the past, but I can perfectly see why, you know, there's only a few teams that have got the quality and depth to be able to dictate play regardless and not be a counter, counter-attacking team. You know, Arsenal, um, we can name them, I mean, Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, really, they're, they're the only ones that have got quality throughout and they, they can just take the game to the opposition regardless. Um, you know, and I, I, I heard some criticism recently of, of, of Tottenham, where they they you know they went to Anfield, um, and you know they started off they went two goals behind, and, and they they were accused of being too good to be a counter-attacking team. Um, they sh- they should dictate the play more, but you know that's the way it is, and that's where we are. You know, I see where, I see who we sign this summer see if we can be a bit more on the front foot but you know I, as i said I, I can see why we've been a bit more pragmatic this season i mean and again looking just going back to you talk much to the chelsea game i mean 73 percent
3: possession percent, percent for chelsea as opposed to 27% possession for Brentford listen and we know because we are stats people what we we don't just take these stats and look at them and think just because you've had 73% you should win this game um for us that was a beautiful win because the fact that we actually had 27% possession but we kind of destroyed them right which was was lovely as well they had 15 shots to our seven you know only four on target to one but and and the irony is that we had you know we've scored two goals but we actually only had one uh, one shot on target which is absolutely brilliant you know what I'm saying but you look at that you know passing you know 700 passes for them and 263 passes for us you could see very much how our game had gone i mean looking at the liverpool game as well 57 percent possession to 43 percent you know they had five attempts of at target to our one okay you know and 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 and, and again 300 it's interesting similar passes 380 passes to 331 passes so it's not as if they passed us off the park liverpool it's almost like you know maybe they were trying to counteract us with our game and the the, the the two teams were probably saying a similar type of football and in the end they probably got slightly more effective because they had got the xg they got the, the the higher quality chances that
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: They created at the other end. But again, just looking at that, you can kind of see how, you know, what Darren was talking about, how it's played out, where it's almost like you're so pleased that you've managed to get one over Chelsea. You know, you've managed to boom, boom, bash and just bosh them up. You know what I'm saying? How long can that go on for? You know, obviously there is an, an evolution with teams. Down the, down the line there's going to be an evolution with Brentford down the line as in we're going to have to sort of, you know, expand it by bringing on players and bringing on players that could actually do things which will allow us to expand our play in other parts of the pitch but like I said to you it comes down to that kind of like I don't say small fish uh no big fish in a small sea and small fish in a big sea type scenario and then me coming back to the jeopardy which I do miss I do miss that championship and that division one jeopardy where you're there and you're dominating and you're losing and the top two losing to the bottom team and it all means very much but anyway you know but you. You could you could see where that all kind of fits in, can't you, lady? Just looking at those figures.
4: Yeah, and I think you know all the time the game stayed at one nil as well. It, it, it you know it, it means that if we, if Brentford had gone down two nil um, fairly early, I think we have to really go for it at that stage. But you know I don't think one nil down to quite a. I mean, it wasn't a brilliant goal. You know we weren't ripped apart, and you know it was it was scrappy, and you know it was a it was a kind of. Anyone could have scored that kind of goal. So all the time it's one 0 We're we we're, we're in it. We have to, the game plan doesn't really change because we know we'd be back ourselves to get a chance and and we did really. I mean it was only a, you know again you know, a slight offside that stops us from equalising. So you know and and then the game tra- the game plan stays the same again because you back yourself to nick another chance later on in the game. I think you know that's that's the way this one worked out and and the the, the possession stats. You know, showed that we were we were in it for a, a fair amount of time. You know, whether we hurt them with our possession, you know, you can argue, and, and the stats show we didn't really. But you know, we gave them a lot to think about, and we went toe to toe with a team that were in the Champions League final last year. And you know, if you expect us to go toe to toe there, um, I, I, I just think that's naive. And you know, it's the reason we've got a, a really healthy goal difference. We've 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 you know tried to keep clean sheets. And if we do lose, um, as I said, apart from maybe three or four games this season, they've, they've been by a very, very narrow margins where, you know, um, a chance either way and you pick up points, that's the reason we picked up points consistently. It's the reason we went unbeaten for the best part of six months. So, you know, you, 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 have, to, you have to pat Thomas on the back and say, you know, he's learnt from last season and he used to say he won't again and, and things may change next year. So uh, we're in a very fortunate position, Bill, where we've got a third season at this. So um, and we've got a summer where, you know, it's clear if we do want to get better where, where, where signings need to be made. Yeah, and just coming on
3: to coming back to our weekend in Liverpool as well. Like I said, when I finally, you know, managed to pick me up from outside my house while they were setting up the jubilee tables outside my front door. Uh, as they then we shot ourselves up to Liverpool. We got up there, and like I said, had a few drinks before the game. And then like I said, we ended up in a, a bar just around, literally around the corner from the ground. If you if you go to Anfield Stadium, around the corner, you've got the murals on the wall. So it's a couple of murals on the wall. And Then just literally around the corner, like five minutes, they've got a couple of bars with uh with like basically open the open you know the big garden at the back open-air bars. They've got bars inside, bars outside, music playing before the game. And so we got ourselves in there a couple of hours before the game for a bit of pre-match action. And, and it was good as well, wasn't it? Good, good little build-up to the game, wasn't it, Laney?
4: Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. You know, um, I'm not sure how that beer garden works when it's lashing down with rain. It would have been a, a little bit more miserable there. But yeah, the, the, the weather was good. Um, there was some you know, some music. Um, a lot of Scandinavian Liverpool fans yeah. there. Loads. I mean, like literally, pretty much like probably forty percent of the, the beer garden. Um, but yeah, a good vibe. Um, it was. It was good to good to witness that. Um, very friendly. Very respectful. Very knowledgeable fans. A lot. We, of we, coming... we, yeah, and we even got a couple of Brentfords. I mean, they were singing their Liverpool songs to the guitar, and the guitar man was playing
3: and uh we were even singing our Brentford songs along to them as well and it's funny because you, you you know there's the manners thing but you can kind of work out the manners as to whether or not you're allowed to or not but in there we were allowed to i think we kind of sort of like you know
4: i don't I think, think there were too I many scowling had, faces no i don't think i had any idea what you're singing about to be honest i <laughs> uh, it wasn't like we were singing like 10 of us singing with, you know, with Brentford, Super Brentford and trying to take the pub over. That would have been a little bit different. But yeah. Um, but we were singing, I,
3: the, it was down in the town of Northampton, which was uh, which is an interesting twist because they were playing it on the guitar and I didn't realise it was it it was a, it was an initial rebel song. So they were singing it and they all knew the words to it. Did And also we started, it was down in the town of Northampton, wherever, wherever, all the Brentford supporters. And we were singing this down and they were sort of looking at us thinking,
4: oh, you know the words to us. Oh, what is this Northampton? What is this? Bring? Yes, as, as I said, like, they had no idea what you're talking about, and it was yeah. only it was only you singing it as well. So I, I don't I don't I don't think there was a chance of it it uh, them being threatened by a pub takeover by a mob. No, but yeah, and the, and the beer was scared cheap. scared, lady. Um, <laughs> Not scared. No, no. no. You know, the beer was cheap. You know, it was it. They 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 done it really well. They knew what people wanted. You know, big bowls of chips for for nothing, and, and and good good decent for for you know compared to London prices, almost nothing and yeah. uh, you know it was it was uh, yeah it, it, you it, you could see why people go there for part of the app you know to get some atmosphere because it wasn't much in the ground let's be honest it was probably <laughs> it's probably more atmosphere in that pub than there was inside Anfield but that's, that's, a, di- that's, that's a different that's matter. a different story for a, for yeah. not our, that's not our problem for a different day yeah. that one no,
3: that is definitely for a different day. And we mentioned it if you check out the pre match podcast as well, uh, Pride of West. London, when I spoke to John from the Anfield rap and I wasn't I wasn't being disrespectful. And I said to him, you know, the atmosphere inside your grounds, you know, um, it's not what it used to be. And I said, is that due to your interna- internationalisation? And the fact you've got lots of you know tourists as well coming in and we do sing and we sang it quite a lot you know you're just a you're just a club full of tourists and uh the chance you know we'll race you back to london and things like that which was singing which was which was true because they do have so many people coming over and it's out of their control and that did affect the atmosphere and even though they were winning you know we we're singing you know what you know you're winning one nil and you still don't sing and things like that um i know it's only brentford they're playing but listen you know this is a football match and surely and that that was probably The most disappointing part of the weekend again it's you know actually in liverpool and you know going to that famous stadium and i suppose i'm glad that it wasn't the atmosphere that we expected to be i mean it wasn't like the atmosphere like when we went to everton when we went to that everton and the atmosphere in everton when we went there was on a next level it really was in that game that we played them i've never heard a crowd so loud for years and years and liverpool wasn't like that at all and i suppose that probably played into our hands to
4: a certain extent yeah no uh, as you say it, it, you know if you've kept a quite a, a, um, a stadium quiet that's that's a good thing you know if you want to hear any of the big stadiums in their full pomp and as loud as they can be that normally means that the home team have got the lead and uh, everything's going their way yeah um, you know you, they say you know you go to these big places keep keep the crowd quiet um let let the crowd turn on the home team and then you know you stand you stand you know not more of a chance but you you know you, you use all the advantages to, to to your own benefit so yeah uh, it i think it i think it just showed that they were actually really concerned about our threat you know where where uh, our reputation is is now of of, of of is one of um a really uh really exciting football team now you know, we could talk for a, talk for an hour about it, it could could it be more exciting but you know would you would you really change anything from this season i, I certainly wouldn't and um, you know coming away from from anfield with just a very narrow 1-0 defeat it, it, i i felt it was i felt we deserved something out of the game i thought we deserved a point and um, yeah. i stand i stand by that that's right. Right. And then just going into our night. I mean, the night
3: ended. We ended we, up coming back very, very, very early in the early hours of the morning, actually. Myself, you know, it was used quite a, quite a few of us out as well. Darren, obviously, the Bogota B, Cartel B, like, you know i saying? Probably going out to make sure that his patches in Liverpool were all kind of secured. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, he's got the boats coming in, like, you know, delivering stuff. Like, you know, um, we also had Jermaine, who's one of our Barnet Panthers coaches as well. He's a Liverpool fan. we managed to get him a ticket in the cop end. So he was actually just sitting there in silence in the other end, you know, sort of kind of just probably just sort of watching game with not singing at all and uh yeah. <laughs> a few of us as well as well tom as well he's a liverpool fan there's quite you know it's quite a few of us going out and we ended up sort of kind of at four o'clock in the morning in the in the, the soul bar sort of kind of uh doing the hot stepper i think it was lady <laughs> wasn't it you know or the shakademus and pliers or something ridiculous was it
4: yeah, yeah, we had it was it was good music. It was good, good three the kind of the kind of tunes you want to listen to at three three thirty in the morning when you're our age, You know, I I dance with the best of them to some of my some of my sort of trancey electro stuff. But um, yeah, you a, a bit of a uh, bit of Mantronics going down at about half three was 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 just what the doctor ordered. And um, yeah. what was what was the other one? Broader and Broadway. That was yeah. By, yeah, that's um, right barrington levy barrington
3: levy mate barrington reedy and then there's a jungle version later as well that came out on that one as well which was uh i think was that congo natty that did one i can't remember who that was i should do i I did jungle mania three, so all the jungle mania um albums and i put them all out there so it would have been on one of my jungle Mania albums that i actually put together but um yeah but um it was uh yeah i think it was congo natty as well that did that you know so uh broader than broadway which yeah we had a good laugh so it was a good end to a weekend and it was a it returned into a kick football out of football weekend especially as we went down to the Eurovision uh, village as well we went down to the Eurovision village to see all the nonsense that was going down there as well and the happiness there's so much happiness all over Liverpool with the Eurovision and, and I have to admit I do Eurovision I've got no interest for but I do that going up there and sort of seeing it happening and being part of the town I just thought it was actually quite funny and, uh, and it was actually quite it just it just created a lighter atmosphere especially after you've lost against the Liverpool it's like the defeat just just sunk into the background and the kick football at football came into play and we started to really enjoy ourselves but i don't talk about enjoying themselves i said he's somebody who always enjoys himself doesn't matter if it's win or lose it's almost like he's always on the booze jb jb has got some facts and he's got some bunk. let's listen to what jb has to say about some facts and some post liverpool bunk
1: Jonathan Birchall here again. As it stands, of the teams we've played away in both of our Premier League seasons, we've only failed to return pointless from just Old Trafford and Anfield. Last season, they were both 3-0 defeats. This year, they were both much closer, 1-0 defeats. Before Saturday, referees at Anfield hadn't booked any home players in eight of their 17 Premier League games, with a season average of just over one home booking per game. In Saturday's game, four Liverpool players went into the referee's notebook. In all our away games this season, that's the most any home team has received. They also received three bookings at the GTEC, so top the table is the side with the most yellow cards in games against us, just one ahead of Manchester United and Fulham. Next up West Ham. With a double over them last season and an away win already, they're the only team who've played in both Premier League seasons who have a 100% record against. Sunday will be Thomas Frank's 200th league game in charge. Of the 39 permanent managers and head coaches we've had in the 103 years since we joined the Football League, only two others are in that 200 club, Malcolm McDonald and Harry Curtis. Thomas needs another four seasons at the helm to exceed Malcolm McDonald's total. But to hear about him matching Harry Curtis's record, it'll be on a podcast in around 2035.
3: So there you go, JB. Some post-Liverpool facts, and I'm surprised that JB wasn't actually in that soul bar at three o'clock in the morning, three thirty, dancing to some some JBs, actually, because James Brown. You know, I think there's the. James Brown and all sorts of stuff that was going on down there maybe he was in the corner and he just didn't want us to know about it I mean there was, there's all the, <laughs> there's all sorts going on down there we won't we even talk about it that's, that's for that's, that's for pub talk as they say but anyway talking about JB's uh, I'm trying to do a link here there's no link between JB and West Ham WHJB two letters together West Ham we got West Ham on Sunday see I didn't say Saturday listen I am well and truly practiced in this now we got West Ham coming down to New Griffin Park on Sunday and West Ham I know for a fact, because I've got a few West Ham mates, my co-coach, Dave, uh, DJ Dave, from the Barnet Panthers, he's a West Ham fan, and he, he's not even coming out of the game because he's going, I ain't coming out of the game, mate, because you just do us over every time, which is a touchwood thing, because, again, this is one of those things where it said, no, don't say that, Dave, like you're saying. Uh, but West Ham fans, they, they think we're... Are, 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 where their bogey team which is which is really weird because we don't think of it like that I know we've played them a few times and we've beaten them a few times but that says nothing at all but they don't like playing us at all and they're coming down to new Griffin Park off the back of a very very good victory in the semi-final of the conference uh Europa League Cup thingy that they played uh Thursday night and uh, they're very excited uh they're coming down to new Griffin Park like I said to you tell you something we, we could go on about West Ham as much as we want to but we need an expert in the house, an expert who is obviously jumping about the result that they had in the semi-final, which means that they possibly are en route to their first final for absolute eons. He'll tell us all about it. We've got Andy, Andy Payne, who's going to tell us all we need to know about West Ham.
5: Good morning, it's Friday uh, the 12th of May. I'm Andy Payne, I'm a West Ham supporter for all my life. I'm also a committee member at Hammers United, which is the biggest independent West Ham fan group uh, there is. uh, Over 19,000 members uh, and you can find more information about us at hammersunited.com. We we are part of the Independent Supporters Committee at West Ham, which is soon to be uh, the the fan advisory board that all Premier League clubs will, will have to have. And our jobs to represent fans, uh, to represent their needs and their wants to the club. Never an easy thing with uh, with with club owners, um, especially West Ham's club owners. Uh, but we fight for our fans. We fight for our members, um, and we want to see their best interests at all times. So we're currently having a battle about our season ticket prices being uh, going up by uh, overall pretty much eight percent, and and also equally dis- disingenuous is the fact that West Ham changed the concessions uh, from 65-year-olds uh, to 66-year-olds, which they did at a moment's notice. A little bit disappointing, to say the least. Anyway, enough about that. Season so far, um, I'm going to use the word disappointing, but I'm not surprised, and I think a lot of West Ham fans could be in the same mindset, possibly confused. Truth is, we have been running uh, on empty or were running on empty um, for about eighteen months, um, and and we have we finished sixth and then seventh uh, last season. But in truth, last season we were struggling because we had a very small squad compared with other teams in that top six. And David Moyes, our manager, kind of one of his um, strengths, um, some would say potentially weaknesses is he sticks with the same players through thick and thin and they were worn out and playing in Europe last year um, whilst it's great for fans and I think for the players too it does put a toll on your, on your league form because you're playing if you're successful and we were we got to the semi-finals of the, of the Europa League um, if you're successful you know, you're playing Thursday nights um, and then you're playing your league games on the Sunday which are never particularly ideal Um, so overall marks out of 10 for us this season (laughs) in league form I'd say probably 5 and that's potentially being a bit generous Um, in terms of David Moyes uh, I think um, yeah I think the jury definitely is out with him Um, he's been brilliant for us let's not beat around the bush the guy's been brilliant for us but he is limited and tactics sometimes according to question I think it's we signed some good players last season, uh, sorry, last, you know, you know, in the summer. Uh, no doubt we added to the squad, to the squad's quality. But I think it's taken time to integrate those players. Um, we'll see. If if West Ham win the Europa Conference League, which we're now in the semi-finals and we're 2-1 up after beating AZ Alkmaar last night at London Stadium. If we can get through the away leg, we go to the final. We'll play either a uh, or a... Uh, Fiorentina, um, potentially both winnable uh, or beatable. Uh, if Moyes was to win that with the, with the team, I think it would be hard <laughs> for the board to uh, to ask him to move on. But I think I think the jury's out and, and West Ham fans that I speak to, some want him out, some are, are less uh, aggressive about it. It kind of reminds, reminds me a little bit of a mini, mini, mini Arsene Benga situation at, at Arsenal some years back. Not that David Moyes would ever get to the levels of Arsene Wenger. Let's just make that clear. Um, we we've, we've pretty much avoided relegation. It's not certain, and we're playing the mighty bees on Sunday, um, which West Ham will lose. Let's let's just get that get that one out of the way. We'll be exhausted after last night. I don't think West Ham's players' their head will be in the game. And Brentford, you know, are our bogey team. You know, Brentford are. Don't say this the wrong way. The new Luton for us, Luton always used to have a hoodoo over us. Brentford have definitely got that hoodoo. We, we, you're a good side, Brentford. Hats off to you. Um, you know, magnificent and good. Good, I think for football, not just Premier League football. Good for football. It seems like Brentford and Brighton are doing so well. Um, and I think you know you, you're probably thinking, well, maybe we've we've fallen away a little bit. Uh, you know, the dream of Europe um, potentially. I, I could still be there, um, but you know, looking at Europe, it, it, it's a plus and a minus. I think definitely, if you can get European football for clubs like West Ham and Brentford, Brighton, you know, we, we, we yearn for that stuff. And going away and, and having the big European nights at home uh, on a Thursday, it, it sort of is special for us. Um, and you know, absolutely no way would I would I want to be without it. Next season, the only way we're going to do that is by winning the Europa Conference League. And so let's hope we do that. Um, but I think for, for Brentford's perspective, getting a European tour, you guys would absolutely love it. Um, and, and more power to you. Um, talking about last night, AZ Altman, you know, your Brentford fans, do you think, what's he talking about that for? side Ben Rama, absolutely sensational last night. He was the player last night that a lot of West Ham fans. Uh, want him to be. Uh, all Brentford fans I know love him. Um, absolutely fantastic last night. He bossed the game. He was the player, man of the match standout without a shadow of a doubt. He took the penalty. As always with Sidey, he hit the ball. He you know, he, he scored. Uh, some of his touches and his runs were just brilliant. He, he's forming a partnership with Pakatar, which is is exquisite. I mean, those two guys are on the same level, so... Um, yeah, we've been some West Ham fans, including me, have been very frustrated because he just doesn't seem to be given the the faith by David Moyes. You know, he's always the player that's brought off early or or relatively early, and we felt a little bit, you know, we we feel like he needs more of a more faith in him. He's that kind of player. Um, so you know, overall, um, for us. You know, he was a superstar last night, and and that I think is uh, is a great thing. I mean, looking at the kind of, you know, the game on Sunday now, um, I've already said I think we'll lose. I think we'll lose probably. We might get a goal, who knows? But I think West Ham are going to be mentally and physically absolutely knackered. Hopefully, for us, Moyes will play um, some of the second, not string, but the, the players that haven't played so much, you know, Lanzini, Fornells. Um, ben Johnson, um, and maybe even give, you know, one or two of the young lads who won the FA Youth Cup um, beating Arsenal so brilliantly at, um, remind me what Arsenal's stadium's called, I can't remember, it's a, it's an airline somewhere. But anyway, we went over there on a, on a Tuesday night and we beat them 5-1 after going 1-0 one, one down. I'd like to see some of the younger lads given a chance. We're not actually safe yet and, and next game after, the last two games after playing you guys, Leeds at home, they'll be needing to win that, they'll beat us. And then guess what, Leicester are away and they'll be needing to win that, they'll beat us. So we've just got to hope other teams don't overtake us and we end up going down. But back to you now, back to the important stuff with Brentford. Obviously, Ivan Toney um, is a player that West Ham, David Moyes, tried to buy a couple of times a few years ago. I mean, we wish we'd got him. Uh, you're you're very pleased we didn't or anyone else that's a sensational player but I think there's some some other great players I'm a big fan of Ben Mee I wish we'd got him Uh, he's just a brilliant he seems like a brilliant human Um, but I think a real sort of backbone of of Brentford Um, I don't know what the injury situation is at Brentford but you know and is looks like always a really tough player to me Um, Rico Henry as well and I like Matthijs Jensen Overall, Brentford has just got that... We played AZ Elkmar last night and and kind of reminded me of of Brentford in that there was a real organisation, very, very good on the press, quick uh, to to, to move into attack and and a really good understanding amongst their players of exactly what they needed to do. Man by man, they knew what they were supposed to do in pretty much every situation. And when I've watched... Brentford uh, you know as, as a sort of neutral um, obviously when we're playing you we, we, we West Ham fans are always cowering because you beat us but that is that that's a factor of, of the organisation at, at your club and your team you know the manager knows what he's doing and it just seems to be a real you know every player plays 8 out of 10 every match um, and nobody seems to ever drop their levels so you know fair play to you I think you're just a great a great tonic, um, really, for, 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 for football, really. And as I say, I point to Brentford and to Brighton in terms of their their, their ability to scout players, use data, use statistics, um, and, and bring a lot of joy to a lot of, to a lot of fans over there. Uh, score prediction: um, I think it'll be three-one to Brentford, um, and uh, I hope it's not, but that's my honest opinion. Um, but whatever happens uh, unfortunately I can't go to the game of Sunday because it's my 93 year old mother-in-law's birthday and she lives with us she's moved in a week before the lockdown Um, and she's been a brilliant house guest and uh, we're having a a little kind of big birthday lunch for her in the local pub so uh, I wish you well my friend um, David Bowman who's a Brentford season ticket holder he invited me over sad not to go Obviously, a lot of love for Billy to be um, and, um, and we love Billy. Uh, so wish you the very best. May the best team win. But I bet you that's going to be Brentford. Anyway, more power to you. Um, I hope you can get into Europe somehow and enjoy yourselves. Cheers now. Bye.
3: So there you go, Andy. I a mean, West Ham fan, very happy. Um, not so happy about Brentford, but, you know, he's cool. But he's cool. I mean, I am Andy out in Qatar. Andy and Kirsty, lovely couple in Qatar. We had a great night out. Probably one of the best nights we had out in Qatar, which we actually got very drunk. And we watched a couple of games. I think the Argentina game and Brazil game, some other game. I can't even remember the game. It didn't really matter. And it was our best night that we had out in the whole time that we were in Qatar. And I think we'll talk about that forever more because we didn't have very many other great nights in Qatar. But that's another story. But Andy, anyway, he's given us the lowdown on West Ham. We were coming to New Griffin Park. And uh, just to give the lowdown on West Ham scored is their strengths. They're good at creating long shot opportunities, also creating scoring chances. Good in the air, they're good at defending set pieces, and they're good at protecting the lead. Where they're not good is keeping hold of the ball, finishing scoring chances, defending against through ball attacks, and defending against skillful players. They attempt crosses often, take a lot of shots, they play with width, attack down the left, take long shots, long balls, and they are non-aggressive. West Ham coming down to New Griffin Park, on Sunday off the back of a win Ben Rama who's our old player and he talked about him as well he is a player that we love we wish that he'd stayed with us he would have been great for us now if he didn't but he's now bull and truly a West Ham player Moyes didn't like at one stage but obviously he has to like him because he's actually delivering for them now however they've got a very important match this week and that may play into
4: our hands in it Lainey yeah I think the the, the second leg in, in Holland against AZ Alkmaar will be be all consuming for them. Um, they, they're, they're safe. In you know, the, the commentators will be you know pe- pedants and say, you know, they're not, they're not mathematically safe. No, they're not mathematically safe. But you know, it's going to take every single, per- every single team below them to win all their games and West Ham to lose them all um, for for them to be. You know, they're nine, they're nine, nine points clear of the, the drop zone. They're safe. Um, yeah, so, and, and, and saying that as well, I mean, Lainey,
3: uh, from th- 538, and sorry to interrupt you, just to give people a bit of a, a, a picture here as well, you are totally correct, because West Ham, according to 538, which is what we use when we want to see how the table's going as well, West Ham, they predict to finish 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6 from bottom of the table. They predict them to finish on 42 points, okay, and they say they have less than 1% chance of of relegation okay the next team below, um, below them are Everton who are 27% chance of relegation at the moment Leicester a third from bottom with 64% chance of relegation and, and, Leicester. Leicester. and, and Leicester. Leicester there you go you got it Leeds at 72% chance of relegation and Southampton greater than 99% chance of relegation so West Ham Listen, no chance of them getting relegated so back to you,
4: you are right about them listen, yeah. being out of the picture I mean, yeah. yeah, no no chance, you know, so it's, it's all about getting getting to the final um, which, you know, is going to be held in, in Prague, I think, and there's only like a 20,000 capacity, so if not many West Ham fans are going to get tickets, I think they only get 5,000 if they get through to the final, so yeah, it's yeah. going to be a bit of Bit of a bum fight, um, but it's been an incredible European season for them. It started in July, and they're still going strong. And they, they brought a, a one goal um, um, sort of. Uh, They'll go behind to AZ, and they come back and they won two one. So they're in a brilliant position to get through to uh, a, a European final. Um, and and they'll they'll rest players. I'm sure they will not want to risk their players getting injured on Sunday against Brentford. And I, I you know and we saw this last year. They were when they came to uh, GTEC last season. They were still involved in Europe, um, and they 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 literally played a you know a, a jog. And you know we beat them. We did the double over them. Um, and, and I'm expecting the same. It, it, it is. It would be naive. Is the is the, is the, is my word of the podcast this week. It would be naive of them to to come and and really really sort of go a hundred miles an hour at it because they don't need to to survive um of course there was still like to win the game but um yeah it, it's it's all about it's all about getting through to that european cup final and um i mean i'm expecting brentford to be able to sort of tuck in and make the most of um you know the uh, situation you know and you say you know they their fans think we're the bogey team well you know we've just been better better, better than them the last couple of years and um you know, it's it, it, it. Probably there was the the game away last season. It was you know the last gasp winner, and um, by, um, by 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 we you know, I'll always remember that, that was probably a little bit more of a smashing grab. But you know, in the other games, I think we've more than held our own. And um, you know what a great barometer that is to to match yourself against West Ham because they've got some great players. They've just been under another underachieving over over the season so um, yeah I'm really looking forward to it on uh, on Sunday to be honest with you Bill yeah it should be good I mean and talk about European
3: tour obviously West Ham are on a European tour they were on a European tour last season and that seems to have affected their league form you know we asked the question you know, will Bees go on a European tour is it going to be good for them it's going to be bad for them well like I said to you it looks like anyway it doesn't really matter because Bees European tour this season is off the cards like you know what I'm saying it's the USA tour which we talk about a bit later which we're actually going on in the summer but the European tour is off the cards and according to 538 there's a a lot of people also ask us listen you've got to talk about Brentford as well according to 538 they've got Brentford finishing ninth this season on 53 points you know um, a big gap between us and Aston Villa who finished eighth with 58 points and then Tottenham in seventh place the 61 uh, so they're going to be in the, the, the European Champions League whatever you call it conference thingy jobby you know what I'm saying that we didn't quite get our, uh, our heads Ooh. into you know and say which is but the most most important thing is that they predict that we are going to finish top of the West London Mini League with Brentford finishing ninth they reckon fulham finishing 10th and 52 points and chelsea finishing 47 uh thirteenth, uh, uh, 13 eleventh on 47 points and QPR, oh, qpr hold on a second let me just scroll down qpr scro- oh, oh sorry wrong wrong table Actually, scrolling up yeah a qpr yeah qpr down there somewhere actually my, my head's do actually wanna, my next do you want to borrow th-
4: borrow my binoculars bill
3: Yes, I'm going to borrow your binoculars to find out exactly where QPR. We'll come back. Maybe we could talk to you about that next next uh, next edition because it's going to take me a while to find out exactly where QPR are in the West London Mini League. But anyway, listen, Lady. Coming back to Sunday, all relaxed for us. Sunday afternoon in the pub. You know, as we know, we go to the booze. The booze it opens nice and early for us on a Sunday, so we'll be down there nice and early, having a few we snifties,
4: as they say. I'm going to ask you, Laney. Can you give me, please, a score prediction? That's very polite. I'm, I'll gladly give you a prediction. Um, I will go for Brentford three, West Ham United one. Oh, interesting.
3: And you don't even need to ask me what my prediction is going to be because it's going to be the same one every time because I still haven't got the prediction that I actually got right. The only time we actually didn't do a podcast and every time I've actually predicted this and it hasn't come in. So I'm going to have to go Brentford two, West Ham nil only because... It never comes in and it's got to come in sometime. I'm using Matthew Benham's stats theory. Like (laughs) I'm saying, it's got to come in at some stage. Come on, please come in, come in that horse. But anyway, listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to uh, subscribe uh, on all good podcast channels and write us a review. If you actually tell you something, if you want to meet us up for a beer at some stage away games as well, if you're up for it, just uh, write us into it. and we'll try and get a beer crew together for people that go to away games. because, like I said to you, more away games and people have been a bit fractured at these new away games in the championship. In the championship in the Premier League. Know what I'm saying So, if you fancy a beer with a besotted as well, and we can find new places, just, just right in somehow and we'll try and assemble somewhere where people are going to go for have a little bit of a drink up. What else are we going to do? And oh, don't forget to, like I said, buy us a beer as well. Besotted.com oh, yeah. besotted. <laughs> forward slash beer as well. And uh, after that, like I said to you, we'll see you on Sunday. We're going down to, we some Sunday rose. We have some TV. Come How on, you say?
4: bees. Come on, you Bur- bees. Burst some bubbles again. Come on. We're forever blowing. Peace. Here, is. Here
0: is. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus Serving Times Delivery Fee and Terms Apply. See McDonald's.com.